Sponsored by Just Eat. Woo! Tap into Ireland's leading food ordering app. Just Eat. Find your flavour. Delighted and excited now to be joined on the phone by a bit of a global phenomenon, to be fair. He's a stand-up comedian, an actor. He's the host of the wildly successful WTF with Mark Maron podcast. The title's in the name, or the clue is in the name. It's Mark Maron. Hello, sir. How are you, sir? I am well. I am well. The reason we are talking is not because we are friends and we have uh, an affable relationship and you just wanted to check in. It's because, like all of us, Mark, you are a capitalist and you're coming to Dublin with your comedy show to Vicker Street on the 11th of April 2019 and we'd like to sell some tickets and they are available on Ticketmaster.ie but we'll sell some tickets by utilising some of your incredible stories and your witty personality. Wow, you've got a big plan for this, Owen. I was all ready to pretend like we were friends. Listen, it's it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. I've been a faraway fan from a long time, so it's lovely to, to, to actually talk. Um, I kind of feel like the scope and scale and depth of your career, it's worthy of its own 10-hour podcast, whereas we have about eight minutes. First things first, jumping into some of the big the, the big obvious guests, the, the kind of the highlight real names that you've had on the podcast. One that fascinates me is Barack Obama. Um, and it's a, it's a weird one because I've, I was a huge fan of Obama, so much so that I actually flew to New York, to Times Square in 2008 to be there when they called the election result. I lived in New York for some time in my early 20s and I kind of wanted to get a sense of the euphoria and yet I don't feel like history is going to judge him that kindly. What was your take on the man when you got to spend a bit of one-on-one time with him? I thought he was very uh, earnest and very grounded and uh, and charming, a little bit self-effacing. You know, you know, when you're talking to the president... In your garage, you know, it's a little nerve-wracking. He, he put me at ease, and I and I found him to be, you know, very, you know, a pretty authentic dude, really. And, you know, that interview, which is available uh, all the time at WTFPod.com, is, uh, you know, I really went out of my way to make it a personal interview like the other interviews I do and, and not focus on policy or politics. There was some stuff we had to talk about because of what was happening uh, in, in the world here and in the news. But uh, ultimately, you know, I tried to get to know him as a person, and I found him to be a very genuine guy. And I'm not sure that history will judge him poorly. I mean, you know, if indeed you know, there is history uh, you know, in the future that isn't revisionist or, or sort of you know, censored you know, by you know, some sort of uh, evolving authoritarian regime, uh, I, I think history is going to judge him okay. Okay, here's hoping. Yeah, here's hoping. Um, if you know what I mean, you're kind of like an overnight success 30 years in the making, if you like. You moved out to L.A. in the 80s when you were a young gun. Not that you're young now, you're a devilishly handsome man. But you said you hit a wall kind of not long after that. Um, what was it that you found kind of difficult back then? Well, you know, they say it takes, uh, the old adage used to be it takes 10 years to, to, to make an overnight success. But what you don't hear is that that's actually about the same amount of time it takes to create a bitter failure. You know, show business is not a meritocracy. It's not based on, you know, talent per se. It's based on a weird combination of persistence and luck and ultimately the ability to show up and do the work. And I guess the walls I hit was uh, I don't think I really had my own thing for a lot of years. I was doing comedy and, you know, I would, uh, you know, I had deals to make shows and stuff. But I think it was hard to box me in. And uh, in terms of packaging and marketing, in terms of like, how do, what do we do with this guy? 
so ultimately, out of desperation, the podcast enabled me to do something completely on my own terms and engage the full spectrum of my personality. And also, uh, you know, it helped me you know, process a lot of the cynicism and bitterness and anger that I had from years of trying, you know, with other people. I think if you listen to the first hundred podcasts that I did, it's really me having famous people over to my house uh, to talk about my problems. And that's how I evolved the podcast. And, and because of that, because of the ability to engage my whole personality on my terms, uh, you know, we didn't really expect anything. But, you know, people got to know me. They got to like the show. They got to like the interviews. And it sort of changed my entire life. And it was all in my control. The show we mentioned, the 11th of April, Vicker Street, your stand-up show, what can, what can punters expect? What's the content? You know, I basically, through the arc of my comedic career, have continued the same conversations about uh, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, the, the, uh, a little bit of politics, a little bit of uh, you know, neurotic kind of compulsive observational comedy, uh, a little bit of... Um, uh, you know, a little, little bit of a, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of, there's a bit of uh, talk about tea, a little bit about addiction, a little bit about parents, a little bit about, um, you know, sexual matters. I, you know, I run the gamut, you know, but it's really about if you get a sense of who I am, you'll know exactly what you're seeing. So go do a little research. It won't take much if you have Netflix. Okay, okay. Too real. And finally, 60 seconds and no more, and I'll love you and leave you and send you best wishes. Um, uh, there's, you know, you had Mandy Moore on the podcast, but pre the Ryan Adams stuff coming out, you had Ryan, you've had Louis C.K. in the past. What's your thoughts on the whole people who have done bad things and then their, I guess, their rehabilitation into society and that whole, I guess, the line between taking a stand and uh, allowing people after maybe an act of contrition if people feel it's enough to to re to re-enter an arena that offers, I guess, privilege and finance and influence and this kind of thing. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's it's a good question. It's a difficult question because you, you know the judgment is 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 sort of you know upheld by you know a, a mass of people, and I do believe when people do horrible things that uh, they they do need to stop and apologize and 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 perhaps uh, explain themselves or at least offer enough of self-reflection to, you know, continue the dialogue about this. I mean, you, you, know, there, there, you know, there are lines drawn, and it, it's a difficult question, but I think ultimately what happens has to happen with, through the example of these men and through the example of what's happening culturally is that, uh, you know, men have to take you know, a little stock in themselves and figure out who they are and, and be respectful and empathetic to women and try to continue that dialogue and try to uh, move culture forward on this thing. You know, it's pretty dug in, the patriarchal nightmare, So, and, you know, and it's not always easy for men to be empathetic to what women go through, and that's really what's happening. they got to learn that, ultimately. Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. It's um, Hey, listen, looking at your CV, it's, it was kind of a daunting interview coming in, but thank you for being an open book. It's been a pleasure to talk, and I shall be there in Vicker Street on the 11th, and I will throw my knickers and, uh, and not heckle. Thank you, Owen. Good talking to you. Thank